Hey everybody, welcome back to the Q&A podcast. You're listening to episode 12. My name is Anthony, sitting right across from my pal as always, DeQuincy. Sup, peeps? And today is part two of our extraordinary NFL preview. Uh, last episode, we covered all the teams in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Today, we're looking at the NFC North. Uh, should be uh, an exciting uh, topic, uh, considering they play in some very frigid and uh, unexciting temperatures. So, that's the best in the bins for nothing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> for nothing. All right, man. Uh, why don't you go and get us started, man? Let's see what we've got. All right, we're starting with the Chicago Bears. Last year, the Bears finished eight and eight. I also had the fifth best passing offense with 267 yards per game and the 16th best rushing offense, 114 yards per game. Uh, going over their transactions from uh, the off season, of course, the biggest one they signed Jay Cutler to a seven-year contract worth over 140 million dollars. Let's talk about quarterback contracts for a minute, because basically, if you've been the starter and productive for the past at least three seasons, you're going to get a contract in excess of five years and eighty million, million <laughs> at least eighty million dollars. But most likely, you're not going to see all that money, because only I believe about fifty-four million dollars of uh, Cutler's contract is guaranteed. Um, and the first three years are basically where he's going to make all his money, and then every year after that is like a year-to-year contract. The same thing with Andy Dalton. So when you see a quarterback getting the big money, like how everybody freaked out when Dalton got his huge contract, don't worry too much. Most of the times they don't even see half of that money. Although, if I'm an owner, I worry. <laughs> because what if he does stay healthy? What if he does stay productive the length of the contract? He is, uh, Cutler is 31, I'm sorry, he's 30 right now. You think he's going to be playing quarterback at 37? Or playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears, I should say? Probably not. But, you know, there's always that uh, that glimmer of hope. <laughs> yeah. Also, let's see, they re-signed their center, Roberto Garza, for a year deal. Released Michael Bush and Julius Peppers. Resigned their cornerbacks, Charles Tillman, to a one-year deal. And their other one, uh... What's his name? Do, 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 do. I just had now lost it. <laughs> anyway, they resigned both of their cornerbacks. Basically, they just brought back every, everything they had last year. Did they oh, lose Devin Hester? Yes, they lost Devin Hester. He's playing for the Falcons. Yeah, playing for the Falcons now. That's that's actually huge. Yeah, the best return man in the business since Deion Sanders. That's a, it's going to be a huge loss to a special teams game. I'm what gonna, happened there? They just couldn't see eye to eye on the numbers? I'm guessing so. Yeah, that's that's huge. Maybe Chicago just thought they'd seen the best of him and wanted to move on to the next generation of hunt returners. Who knows? I guess so. Good luck finding the next Devin Hester. Yeah, best of luck. Okay. Let's talk about uh, Chicago's offense. Came out of nowhere. Chicago for, you know, all the time the league has been known as ground and pound, the monsters of the midway, play defense, they're going to run the ball. 2013, they completely turned down their head. Um, Who's their head coach? Uh, Mark Tressman, a.k.a. the quarterback with Whisper, <laughs> uh, came in and turned the Bears into a vertical threat uh, between Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffries. Jay Culler had probably his best year of his career. Hey, that's, that's the seven-year deal. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, they also have our Mattelis Bennett, who is still at this time still suspended for a fight he got into at um, in training camp with a rookie cornerback. And the running back is one of the top, I would say, top ten in the league. Marte, um, sorry, Matt Forte. Forte. Matt Forte, and a top five running back when he's healthy. Yeah. Once he's healthy, he's good. Uh, what do you think about? Uh, give me some thoughts. Well, this offense is uh, with with Jeffries and Brandon Marshall leading the receiving core uh, with a healthy Jay Cutler who's got a good arm. He's a smart quarterback. He's um, a little, you know, a little whiny at times. Go Google smoking Jay Cutler for some <laughs> awesome, awesome pictures. But um, this offense and, and, and Forte leading the leading the rush. It's a, it's a pretty legitimate offense that's capable of, of carrying that team and, and winning the division. And considering the history of the Chicago defense, mm-hmm. um, or as much as they've emphasized defense in Chicago over the you know, for as long as they've existed, um, this is a pretty good team. It has the makings of a really good team. Yes, they no longer have to rely on their defense to win. You know, uh, thirteen to ten games that can right. score up into the twenties and thirties. Um, Alshon Jeffries just kind of exploded, came out of nowhere last year. It was ridiculous on the other side of Brandon Marshall. Um, someone else you go look out for fantasy. Last year, 80, uh, I'm sorry, 98 receptions, 100, I'm, uh, 89 receptions, over 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. That's why he's a keeper on my team. Uh, <laughs> fantasy. Um, yeah, for a second round pick, he really burst into the single last year. Mark Tressman, quarterback whisperer. Any more thoughts on the offense? Uh, I think it's. I think their offense speaks for itself, really, uh, with with the potential of being dynamite. Um, and and Bennett is a, you know, he's a he's a very good tight end who, I mean, obviously he's he's shown the tough he's showing toughness. Um, by getting you know suspended, I guess during training camp already, uh, but toughness or stupidity, a little bit from Tetes column A, <laughs> yeah, column A, column B kind of situation. Those things, yeah, those things. Um, go to the defensive side. I like I said, they lost Julius Peppers, but they were able to get out, uh, Jared Allen to play uh, right defensive tackle. Still have Lance Briggs and DJ Williams at uh, linebackers. Uh, one of the guys they have, the cornerback, Charles Tillman, probably the most underrated cornerback right now in the game. I know he was hurt last year, but he's the best cornerback at causing uh, turnovers, whether that's interceptions or fumbles. He, he's, he has gotten it down to where he where a receiver catches the ball, starts running, and he'll just ball up his fist and pop that ball out. He probably causes about three, four fumbles per year and for you know, a cornerback. That's impressive. You hear the name, uh, but you, you know, not as often as you hear a Richard Sherman, a Patrick Peterson. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a very, very underrated cornerback, and you know, is, is going to be a key piece for this team to really uh, make an impact. Last year, the uh, Bears, their defense was 15th and uh, against the pass, but 32nd against the run. Why do you think that was? I don't. Uh, well, wasn't Briggs hurt most of the year? Briggs is hurt. Yes. Uh, and they're just get, they were just getting old, I guess, at the time. 
look at this team. Um, let's see, Lamar Houston is a good pickup. Jeremy Ratliff, no idea. Uh, Steven Paya, Paya, swinging a miss. Shade McClellan playing strong linebacker, swinging a miss. Seems, seems like um, <coughs> opposing running backs just ran through this defense like it was Swiss cheese. When it was their first year without Brian Urlacher. That was, in was what, 13 a, years? Their coach of their defense. Yeah. Um, hopefully they can get that together because they can step up their running game. Uh, stop, step up their running defense, pardon me. And um, their offense stays at what the level was last year. They'll be in the playoffs this year. I don't see why not. Absolutely. Ready to the schedule. Start the year at Buffalo, then San Francisco, New York, Green Bay, Carolina, Atlanta, Miami, New England, and then their buys in week nine. I can see them going four and five, maybe. The most difficult game is definitely going to be San Francisco, Green Bay. That's pretty it. I expect Atlanta to be better than they were last year. Carolina will be okay. New England, I think New England's kind of falling off, but we'll talk about that next. And when we get to the AFC East. Uh, after the bye, they have Green Bay, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Detroit, Dallas, New Orleans, Detroit, and Minnesota again. That's uh sounds like a tough schedule. It doesn't seem um, but again their their offense is, is too has the potential to be too good that um, I think they can go to toe they can go toe to toe with just about any of those teams listed. Oh, I'm just reading the stats. Um, you know who Jay Cutler's back, backup is? Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer? Is he related to Carson? Yes. He's his little brother. Oh, okay. Um, so, let's... Well, I was saying the same thing last year when Jay Cutler got hurt. Like, oh, no, this is going to be a big problem. And then, um, what was the guy? Uh, Josh McCowan stepped in and performed admirably. admirably he did, yeah. And um, got a deal to go to Tampa Bay. So, like I said, Mark Tressman. I don't think they'll have a problem with that. It's mostly all they have to do is step up their running defense and they could be playoff know, team like playoff team, like I said. Um, anything else sticks up to mind with the Chicago Bears? No, it's the, I mean I think we've uh, said as much as we can. Alright, uh let's see, over under for Chicago, eight and a half. These under over for this division is going to be hard because I can just see the entire division just fighting each other the entire year. Absolutely, um, eight and a half is pretty. I remember pretty they went eight, eight last year. It did. Um, I'll go over on them. I'll go nine and seven, just over. Why is that? Um, I think they're they're going to keep it going. I think. You know, Tressman, it was his first year last year. Yes, that was his uh, first year. I think after the season they put together on the offensive side, it's the kind of season that that your guys are going to want to continue to build off of, um, especially for a team that historically has never really emphasized offense. Um, they're finally starting this, you know, or they're starting their own, um, you know, their own tradition of, of you know, offensive prowess. Mm-hmm. So you have to like the idea of them wanting to build off of last year's campaign and stepping it up even more. And so and I think the defense will, uh, will balance out as well and try and keep up and, and if not improve upon uh, last year's uh, last year's output. 
Sorry, I agree with you. Um, that's why I'm also taking over. Um, a little more optimistic. I say ten and six. Um, I think their defense is going to step up and be better, especially in the run. And I think their offense, their passing game, is just going to be. I think it's going to stay at the same level as long as everyone stays healthy, offensive line stays healthy. And also, uh, I can also see uh, Forte taking a step forward. 16, maybe even 1,700 um, rushing yards, more play action, open up the field for Marshall and Jeffries. And now's the time to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he should be in, if not at the prime of his, you know, of his career uh, as a running back. So I think he's got to – he needs to maximize – put it all together and maximize his full potential um, this year. All right. Uh, next team we're going to talk about is the Detroit Lions. Last year, the Lions went seven and nine. Uh, off on the offensive side. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go with their abstract. Uh, they fired their coach, Scott. Sure, why not? <laughs> we don't remember the guy. What was it? No, Scott it's got no. It was. Jeez, I can see his douchey face, but I don't remember his name, so <laughs> right. it's not important. Uh, somebody will text us and answer him sooner there. Uh, Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell is the new coach. Uh, he's an offensive-minded quarter uh, coach, isn't he? Yes. Is he not? Yeah, I mean, he played. He was the coach in Indianapolis. Can we say that he was there in Indianapolis? Because Peyton Manning well, is the coach. Well, I guess so. Anybody would look good coaching Peyton Manning. I could go out there with a <laughs> with a hamburger. And fries with the headset. I look good, Coachy Payman, because he does it all on the field. Um, let's see what else is it. Go he got the rub, so that's. I guess that's what counts, especially if you've man, you've managed to uh, secure the head coaching position in Detroit, where offensively they have the potential to be. I mean, really good. Really, yeah, really good's an understatement, but yeah. They saw, signed Rasheed Mathis to a one-year contract, the cornerback. Uh, they also got, what's his name? Golden Tate. I believe they signed him from the um, Seahawks. Seahawks, yeah, Yeah, just activated him off the pup list about a week ago. And none of that really back. matters when you have Megatron. When you have the probably the best receiver in football on your team. Mm-hmm. To go along with a young quarterback who has a cannon of an arm uh, and already has an established rapport with said Megatron. Yeah, last year the Lions were third in passing yards, 280 a game, 17th in rushing, 112 per game. They have Reggie Bush in the backfield who had a really good year last year, um, which is what they need. They needed a, a running back to balance out. The, uh, the aerial assault. Yeah, but Reggie Bush isn't that um, run between the tackles kind of guy. He's more right. of a Darren Sproles type. I would say, um, uh, I, I don't want to say gadget player because it cheapens him, but he's more of a player who catches uh, passes out of the backfield and makes things happen. He's been like that since he came out of USC. How long has it been? It's been almost, almost 10 years. Jeez. So many years. Eight years. Well, at least eight years. So many years. <laughs> So many memories. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the offensive side, of course, the wide receiver, they got Chad, um, Calvin Johnson, and Golden Tate. Tight end is Brendan Pettigrew. Um, and like you said, running back will be Reggie Bush and, and, and Jake or Jock? Bell? 
Tim Jock Jockwell. Yeah. Uh, come on, black people, stop having confusing names. <laughs> uh, Jada Best retired because of concussion issues over the all season. It's sad, but again, he because he would always start the season. You know. <laughs> He would start the season strong, it seems like, for the past like two or three years, and it was just he would fall apart. He would get, take the hit the wrong way, and he'd be out for you know, six to eight weeks with a concussion. Kind of like the Detroit Lions of the past three or four years. Yeah. They start out really strong and just completely fall apart. Yeah, because I don't know what it is about the Lions. It seems like they're cursed. Maybe Detroit just can't have nice things. I guess. I don't know. Because they have a, where would you rank Stafford as a quarterback? Um, I could rank him top ten. Top, really? But we're talking maybe nine or ten. He's got the best receiver in football. He's I'm the talking, best receiver in football is making him look good. Yeah, but I'm not talking about Calvin Johnson making you know Matthew Stafford look good. I'm talking about Matthew Stafford on his own. How do you feel about him? It's irrelevant because he. He hasn't played without Calvin Johnson. And he's, you know, until that happens, he's going to put up 400 yards a game passing. So, with Calvin Johnson, last year he threw 29 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. It seems like when you have the best wide receiver on the team and he's being double teamed and sometimes triple teamed, your numbers should look better than that. For me, I would say he's somewhere between 15 to 20. I think Calvin Johnson makes him look a hell of a lot better than he actually is. Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But until then... So you're you're ranking him higher just because he has Calvin Johnson? Yes. <laughs> That's not... Okay, then how far up would you rank Peyton Manning if he had Calvin Johnson? Peyton Manning's already top two quarterback in the league. He, he wouldn't have any... You know, he wouldn't have further to go. Much further to go. So you're basically putting... Uh, so who who's better, would you say? Because look at it this way. There's quarterbacks like Peyton Manning who can get it done with anybody. I don't know. There's quarterbacks like Tom Brady who can get it done with anybody. Doesn't matter who, it does not matter who, uh, he, who lines up next to him um, on the wings. He gets the ball to them and, you know, boom. You know, proofs in the pudding. Top, what, you three, the top three quarterback in the league right now. Um, but when you have a guy like Stafford who has someone that he can get the ball to nine times out of ten, then he's also going to look great. Yeah, he looks great because of that guy over there who catches everything. But he hasn't. He has not not had that guy. Calvin Johnson. Your your argument's confusing. Calvin Johnson makes him a better quarterback. Absolutely. Then he's not as good as he would be without Calvin Johnson. But correct. No, that correct. Yes or no. No. You think he'd be just a good quarterback without Calvin Johnson? I don't know because Calvin Johnson has not not been there. Until Calvin Johnson is no longer there, until Stafford is forced to do it on his own, we don't we, we won't know that. The simple answer is no. He you take away his best weapon and you're saying we don't know if he'd be better or worse. I'm going to go on the limb and say you take away a receiver's uh, quarterback's best toy and he's going to be worse for it. Let's go to the defense. Um, let's see. So, the Dominican Sue and Nick Furley, two first-round picks on their defensive line. Uh, had a little problem with Nick Furley. He was demoted to second uh, team during um, 
OTAs, I don't think I would say there's a chance that neither one of them are on this team next year. Like they release for they release get rid of Furley because of discipline issues and the Dominican Sue just because of his contract. Right. Because Sue is still on that old rookie scale where you should put pay first round picks crazy absorbent amounts of money before the new CBA came in. And so he's looking for a deal that'll probably pay him as much as like like we just talked about, like Jake Cutler, like something like that. And nobody's willing to willing to pay a defensive lineman that much. Especially a guy who at least once a year is suspended for stupid things. Stupid things. Uh, who is not well liked around the league. Um, so the buyers are, you know, there aren't going to be as many buyers as he probably thinks there should be. He has the he has all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. He just million dollar body, ten cent head. There you go. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Uh, check the rest of the defense. Oh, of course, computers crashing. Uh, never did. Let's see. But do we really know anybody outside of Fairley and Sue? Glover Quinn and Rasheed Mathis. Okay. Are those new additions? Quinn's been, this will be his second year. Rasheed Mathis just signed in the offseason. Okay. Those are two other names that, we've, that we're familiar with, but that's about it. Let's see. Last year, um, they were 23rd in opponents passing yard. They gave up almost, they gave up 246 yards a game. Opponents rushing yard, they only gave up 99 yards a game, which ranked them six overall. So it's good to have Sue and um, Fairley in the trenches because they can stop the running game. I think, but I just think um, they're big bodies that can plug up gaps. Um, but I just see their attitudes get them shift out of Detroit sooner rather than later. Sure, especially Fairley seems like he doesn't care. You know, I'm getting all this money, blah blah blah. I'm, I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. <laughs> all right. So let's go through their schedule. Starts off with New York, Carolina, Green Bay, New York, Buffalo, Minnesota, New Orleans, and Atlanta. I'm sorry, the first one is against the New Week One's against New York Giants. Week four is against the New York Jets. Man, um, again, it's another schedule that they could very well um, win. The majority of the games, um, and then by the second half of the season, they're out of the race because historically, that's what's been happening with this team. Uh, they start strong and then they just crash and burn. They might hear after a bye week. It's Miami, Arizona, New England, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, and Green Bay. It's tough. That's a hell of a schedule. Yeah. I'd say easiest your easiest opponent is probably. Tampa? Yeah. And I think they'll be better. Tampa, Miami, and Minnesota's going to be hard because the division foes always are, no matter what the record is. And then you play Chicago two times in four weeks. Ooh. No favorites done by the schedule makers for the Detroit Lions. So what are the odds? What are we looking at? Their over-under is 8.5. I'm going under, and I say they'll be they'll finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Tell the people why. Uh, because it's it's just like it. That's the team that 
That is uh, the Detroit Lions. They're an eight and eight team. They have a great offense and a middle of the road defense. What they finished last year? Seven and nine. Yeah, Detroit was seven and nine. Yeah, at eight point five. Sorry, I'm just thinking. Sure. No, I mean, it's it, they're definitely. Um, and then because of the fact that it just seems like they, uh, it seems like they start off six and one, and are bound for the NFC Championship game, and then by the end of the year they've gone. You know they've uh, they've gone and finished the season at seven and nine or eight and eight, and it just seems like they are destined to be another eight and eight team. You say eight and eight. I'm going low. I'm going under. I'm going six and ten. I don't think Jim Caldwell is a good coach. He's just got that Peyton Manning rub. Yeah, I, I don't really think he's a he's a good offensive coach. I mean, what was it last year? He was with the Ravens mm-hmm. and. Their offense didn't exactly, you know, boom anywhere. Was it last year or two years ago? Uh, I want to say it was last year as well. Okay. Or at least the past two years. Yeah, and their offense was never explosive. I think they're going to be so – they're going to score a lot of points and they're going to give up a lot of points. I just – I have no confidence in the Detroit Lions. All right, next team on the list, the Green Bay Packers. Mm, go ahead and talk while I look to see what they're doing. I'll see you. Green Bay Packers. Uh, what can you say? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, a top five quarterback in all of football. Went healthy. healthy. <laughs> um, can do it all. He can run. I mean, he's not the most. He's not like, not like Michael Vick, but he is a decent enough running quarterback. He's got a great arm. He's got a great read of the entire field. Um, and he's got, what, six, at least six receivers he can throw the ball to legitimately and uh, gain gain yardage and score touchdowns. And then they have a running attack with – they finally have a running attack with Eddie Lacy, who was a rookie last year and just, man, had a great season in the backfield for them for the first time in – Seems like decades. It's like um, I'm on green. Seems like yeah. All right, so let's see. They and the defense is you know solid. Mm-hmm. Right, they re-signed uh, cornerback Sam Shields. Re- they signed Julius Peppers. Re-signed uh, uh, B.J. Raji. So and <laughs> they brought back Matt Flynn. <laughs> they learned a lesson. No more injuries. But yeah. So basically, what they did in the offseason was rebuild their defense. Let's go to sorry, the offensive side of the ball first. They were 6th in passing yards, 266 a game. 7th in rushing yards, 133 a game. So top 10 offense was pretty impressive. Considering that they lost Rodgers for how many games was he out last year? It seemed like 3 or 4, I want to say. Which is, a, I mean, it's a quarter of your season. Yeah, yeah you're about right through. I think I missed four games. Oh man, I gotta look up the stats. Let me look that up. Ah, screw it. We'll skip that. Three or four games. That's good enough for us. So, on the offensive side of the ball, of course they have Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about him. Wide receivers. They have Jordy Nelson. And what's the other side? Randall Cobb. 
Who did they lose? They lost, they lost Jennings two years ago. To Michael Finley last Michael year. Finn, yeah. yeah, they're tied. Yeah, oh, that was a terrible. What happened to him? Where you can't feel the extremities of your body, that's always a bad sign. Yeah. New tight end is Richard Rogers. It was it James Jones that he also threw yeah. it out to? Yeah, James Jones is gone as well. Mm. All of these guys are gone? Randall Cobb? Yeah, that's it. Cobb, Jordy Nelson. Man, it seemed like last year he was throwing it to like six different guys. Well, that's what happens when your guys get... I call it the peerless price situation. A couple years ago, peerless price was on the Buffalo Bills, and he was the number two receiver in the high-tempo offense, and he caught like a 1,000 yards back-to-back. The Atlanta Falcons signed him to play with Vic, and he was never that good. Mm-hmm. But basically, if you're a wide receiver in a great offense and you put up numbers, someone's going to come and throw you more money than um, your current team can pay you. Well, I think Rodgers is in that that kind of category where he can you can pretty much put anybody on the field, mm-hmm. and he's good enough where he can get you the ball. Uh, he can put it where he needs to. You mean he's not Matt Stafford? <laughs> Imagine if he had Megatron on his Imagine team. if anybody had Megatron, okay? Well, we do. We it's got Matthew Stafford. We're not going down this hole again. <laughs> Alright. It's too too many uh, twists and turns. So the offense, even with uh, Aaron Rodgers missing a few games, didn't really miss a beat. There's their defense that was atrocious. 24th against the pass, giving up 200, almost 250 yards a game. 25th against the rush, giving up 125 a game. Ooh, wow. So that's, It just seemed like a down year for Clay Matthews and A.J. Hawk. Hawk. So you're hoping that they have that bounce back year that they're very much capable the of. Same thing with B.J. Raji, and they brought in Julius Pe- Peppers, you know, uh, rush the passer. Um, hope. Like you say, Clay Matthews, A.J. Hawk, and also the other two linebackers, Brad Jones, Nick Perry, they need to step up and, you know, basically play defense. <laughs> so what do you think about this team? I like this team. I, um, I'm i looking at they did what they need to do in the offseason. They shored up their defense, um, brought back Raji. Um, Give what you got, what you got, Raj. Remember those discount double check commercials yeah. he was in? <laughs> Don't see it anymore when your team is eight, seven, and one. Right. Um, let's go over their schedule. Like I said, they finished the year eight, seven, and one. They tied against Minnesota. No. And still won the division, eight, seven, and one. It's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sad <dude. laughs> I feel like screaming. See, Detroit, this is why you can't have nice things. It was right there for you. You can't win this year. You won't win. All right, schedule. Um, they kick off the season Thursday night against uh, Seattle Sea, the defending world champion Seattle Seahawks. Should be a great game. Uh, yes, sir. They ain't gonna take on New York Jets, Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, Miami, Carolina, New Orleans before their bye weekend week nine. I'm so excited to see that game. That's gonna be a great game. That Seattle Green Bay. Yeah. They they can go five and four. And then after the bye week, they have Chicago, Philadelphia, Minnesota, New England, Atlanta, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and finish off the season with Detroit. They're not five and four. They could go uh, See, five and three, I think. You think? Uh, you hear about their um, 
the record like eight seven and one. Oh, they're gonna have a a schedule full load of bad teams because they didn't win that many games. Too bad they won the division, right. so you get a difficult schedule. I think it's it's a team that's gonna be rejuvenated, um, especially with the additions on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they have a lot to prove that that uh, eight seven and one isn't gonna cut it anywhere. You know that that's going to be an unacceptable record to win anything, to win a division or a wild card spot, whatever. Um, I think they come back and and really kick some butt. They're going to show last year was the regression year, and they're going to. I think they're going to bounce back and be one of the best teams, if not in the entire uh, NFC, then the entire NFL. Absolutely. Uh, so over under for Green Bay Packers, ten and a half wins. I'm going to go over. Over? Yeah. Record? Um, 11 and 5. Ooh, nice. You were going high. Any particular reason? Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, and a, a newly formed defense uh, has the makings for a, you know, a great improvement from last year. I went even higher. I went over and I picked them to go twelve and four. Nice. I love this team. I love, especially what they did on defense, picking up Peppers, bringing back Raji. Um, I'm expecting a back a bounce back year from Clay Matthews. Maybe he'll stop making so many Gillette commercials and get on the field. <laughs> um, same thing with AJ Hawk. I think that he has another level he he can go to. Glad they brought back Sam Shields. I just really think that last year. Everything that could have went wrong went wrong, and they still won the division. Yeah. So I expect them to be, you know, to bounce back to what they were when they were winning, uh, back when they won the Super Bowl. Was that three years? Mm-hmm. Wow. You won't get an argument with me on that one. Okay. So, key, the last team in the division, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> we did the Dallas Cowboys. We have to do the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I guess. All right. Uh, so last year the Vikings went five. What was it? Five, ten, and one. They. What do you know about the Vikings? They have Adrian Peterson, and he's probably looking to get on out. <laughs> that's your that's your expert advice. Pretty much. I'm looking at their um, additions attractions. Like the only thing that even stands out is they signed Lestar Gene from the Texans. And they signed Captain Merlin. I love Captain the guy Merlin. with the first name, Captain. That is a crowd pleaser. That and they signed probably the best, maybe the maybe the top quarterback in the draft, skill wise or ceiling wise. Most, most Teddy Bridgewater. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, oh, they have a new coach, Mike Zimmer. Oh yeah, that's, that's actually going to be interesting that. because he's a guy that. Um, a lot of people thought has been looked over um, for a long time to be a, as as a head coaching candidate, especially when he was with Cincinnati um, and watching his team suffer year in and year year in and year out, um, all the while keeping Marvin Lewis as the head coach. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I think he's gonna. Sorry. You know, I think he wants to. Uh, well, obviously, he's going to want to uh, establish himself as a guy that 
that should have been hired a long time ago. Um, for what it's worth, last year the Vikings were 23rd in passing, 214 a game, eighth in rushing, 130 yards a game. The fact that everybody and their mother knows that they're going to run the ball with Adrian Peterson and they still made it to eighth is a testament <laughs> to how that man runs. Absolutely. He is a man among boys. Ridiculous. Uh, start with the off. Go to the offensive side. Um, wide receivers still have Greg Jennings, Cordell Patterson, and tight end is Kyle Rudolph. Uh, right now their starter is showing to be Matt Castle. Of course, Peterson running the ball. Right. Um, Take it whatever you want to go. I mean, the running game is going to be top ten at least, as always. As long as he stays healthy, we have to. Right, and the rest of the offense is suspect at best. Cold. The rest of the offense is cold. As much as uh, Jennings, Jennings, right? Yeah, Greg uh, Jennings. Greg Jennings. I'm just kidding. I was mistaking it for Rashad, but Greg Jennings. As much as he talked leading into the season, he did not back it up whatsoever, and uh, was a huge disappointment for that team. He was going to be the guy that was going to put him over the top. Offensively, and uh, put them in contention, and he failed to do that. Um, and it doesn't look any better with with Matt Castle as your again. You can only do so much with a quarterback. Matt Castle, they uh, shuffled in Matt Castle and um, Josh Freeman last year. Neither one of them were effective. That's why they had to go out and draft Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, hopefully, be their quarterback in the future. Um, before we talk about Bridgewater, we talk about uh, Cordell Patterson. Um, he's a uh, he's a freak wide receiver. He is their uh, replacement for uh, what's that wide receiver that they had that they sent to Seattle? Oh, Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. He basically does everything Percy Harvin does without the migraines. <laughs> he can he can catch. He can run. Do punt returns. Um, I'm excited. I really like this guy. I think he's going to break out his second season. Oh, just as long as his quarterback can get the ball to him. <laughs> they better do some sweeps or some reverses. Um, so let's go to quarterback issue. Matt Castle was so far. Matt Castle was a starter. Teddy Bridgewater would be second, and under that's Christian Ponder. Good Lord, I forgot he started last year. Yeah, wasn't he the starter? Ponder? He was. Oh God, it's like their first round pick from a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, first round in 2011. Texas boy, born in Dallas. It's like whenever I find out someone is born in Texas, I I start rooting for them. <laughs> so come on, Ponder, get your job back. It's uh. Just seems like a mess right now at quarterback uh, until Bridgewater is ready. Out of those three guys, who do you think starts the most games? Castle. Yeah. When do you think Bridgewater comes in? Um, I could see him coming in by week six and give Castle enough time to see what he can do. Um, and at that point, once he's proven to really not. Uh, be effective, mm-hmm. then they'll they'll try give uh, Bridgewater a shot. I can honestly see them going to Castle for like the first five games, turning over to Ponder for the next four. Then their bye week hits in week ten. After their bye week, they turn it over to Teddy Bridgewater. Because once you, go, it's the same thing that I feel about Johnny Menzel and Cleveland. Once you go to the rookie, there's no going back. Because you pull them back afterwards, you're going to break his confidence. Absolutely, you might break him as a player. Um, you definitely don't want that. That's what happened to Vince Young. Um, so we're not very impressed about their offense. Let's go to the defensive side. Minnesota was 
Oh God, thirty-first against the uh, against the pass, giving up two hundred eighty-seven yards a game. Sixteen against the rush, giving up only one hundred and ten yards a game. When you're giving up damn near two hundred and ninety yards <laughs> in the air, you don't have to worry about people running on you that often. Right. Now, honestly, they really didn't do anything to show up their defense. They lost Jared Allen, you said, right? Yeah, they lost Jared Allen. Uh, their best player on defense is probably the weak side linebacker, Chad Greenway. I mean, I'm looking at these players, except their ca- Oh, come on, captain! The captain is here! We're <laughs> saved! There's nothing here. They're probably going to be bottom 10 on against the rush of the pass again this year. Yeah, there's really not much I can say about the defense. I don't really know. Anybody, the only guy I knew was Jared Allen. Yeah, he gone. Yeah. So we're not high on their defense. Defense, ugh. I think that says all it needs to be said. Uh, let's go to their schedule. We're like blazing through Minnesota because it's not that interesting. There's really not much. It's like, about. wake me up when Teddy Bridgewater comes in. Right. Okay. Or when Adrian Peterson uh, is going toward 2,000 yards again. Right. Uh, let's see. Start off the year against St. Louis and New England, New Orleans, Atlanta, Green Bay, Detroit, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and Washington before the bye week in week 10. And I can see them and going. 1 8. 1 8. 1 8. <laughs> like some kind of fluke win against Buffalo or something like that. Perhaps. Uh, after the bye week, they have Chicago, Green Bay, Carolina, the New York Jets, Detroit, Miami, and Chicago. What's the over-under? Under-over is six. Uh, I'll go under. Uh, I think they're uh, they're destined for another 5-11 and 11 type season. I think they can win five games. That's about it. That's about all they have. You are, again, more optimistic than me. I have them down for 4-12. and 12. I'm going under as well. I just I don't see the defense... Stepping up. I mean, they were terrible last year. They didn't do anything to upgrade it. And eventually they're going to turn it over to Bridgewater, which is going to be great for the future, but probably just going to be more losses right here in the present. Yes, absolutely. So let's see. Over, under, over, under. Okay. We're agreeing too much. We got to switch it up. <laughs> oh, we got plenty of six more divisions to cover, so I'm yes. sure we'll, we'll find some uh, discord along the way. Yes, sir. All right, so that wraps up the NFC North. Anything else you want to add, my friend? No, I think, I think we've covered it all. Yeah, I think we did. We're looking good. Yeah. Not as you know, better than Minnesota. <laughs> Poor Minnesota fans. Well, at least the Twins will be good sometime in the next decade, right? Something to look forward to. All right. Well, say goodbye to the peeps. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we appreciate all the support and all the love. We'll see. We'll, 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 you guys will hear from us next time uh, when we talk about the NFC. South or West? South. South. My girlfriend's looking, listening to this like, why aren't you doing the West? <laughs> Sorry, baby. We saved your Seahawks for us. Don't worry. We're, we're getting there. Yeah. So we're doing the NFC South, going down to Atlanta. Dirty, dirty. All right. For Anthony, this is the Quincy. Thank you for listening. And later, babies. <laughs>